I'm going to read from Psalms 23, beginning with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Say it with me. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can we raise our hands and just love the Lord together in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you just pass these out? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you here today. Amen. Glad to have uh, Brother Storm here today. Amen. So thankful he is a student at Mississippi College. And so glad to have him here today. Amen. Uh, my, my focus scripture, focus part of this text that we read is in verse 3. He restoreth my soul. Say that with me. He restoreth my soul. And for a title, I'm just going to call this the restoration of the soul. Say that with me. The restoration, the restoration of, the soul. of the soul. Life can be hard. Job said, a man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. As children, they see and hear all manner of things. Thankfully, there are many children that are lived in sheltered lives and, and, and are blessed with the good things that are there to be. But there are countless children today that have and are experiencing unspeakable things. Life is hard. As teenagers, there is an amazing level of pressure. During this pandemic, I have read statistics of the various negative effects it has had on children and young people because of missing out on school and events canceled. I know that in my own house, there are many major events that happen every year have went and been canceled and those events were passed and uh, Noah is in his senior year and uh, he, he, I think there was a thought as thankfully they are at least getting to go to school. Many seniors last year didn't have much of a senior year because everything was canceled. Life is hard. Parents the stress and the strain that can be involved as, as a parent. 
as 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 a, as an adult. There are all kinds of somebody say pressure. pressure. We life can wear you down. I know a lot of times young people and uh, uh, young adults they may think that that they're having a difficult time. We don't want to discourage them and tell them, but uh, there's a real good chance it might not get easier when you have to buy your own toilet paper and paper towels. <laughs> and all of these pressures, you know, we can look back and, 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 and we can look back and see the good, de- good old days or, or we can look forward into better days. But, but all of us are faced with a reality that, that we have to practice discipline to pull our mind out of the dark areas and look forward to a better day. <clears throat> Amen. And I say all that to say, He restores our soul. You know, it would be neat if it were possible that you could take something that was clean and fresh and right and perfect and you could pull it into a garage and shut the doors and everything would stay in great condition. But we know we live in a world of corruption and even that which we try to protect and preserve, there is a, a, a wasting away that takes place. I saw a picture, I saw a video the other day uh, someone had called a collector of, of, of uh, collectible cars and they had a, a father or a husband or a uncle, I forget the family relationship, but they had a 1965-67 uh, Ford Mustang Shelby in the garage and, it, and he bought it brand new. It had the original tires on it, and, and, and maybe he did a little bit of work in like 67, a couple of years later. But it had sat in that garage for decades. And you would think, sitting up in a garage, it should be in good shape. Now, I granted, this garage looked a little challenged. And the dust had settled in on that car, and it was, you, you couldn't tell what color it was. It was just a dusty, brown, caked mess. And in the midst of that, when they began to, to wash that off, there were rusted spots, and there were belts that were cracking, and, and there was rust that was taking place. And even though this collectible car, that even in that state, it was estimated to be worth uh, $70,000. The person said it's going to take $50,000 to make it where you can drive it. What, what does that mean to you? I'm saying to you that even when we try to protect things, things that we try to protect still waste and, 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 and get damage and, and rust and moth and dust doth corrupt. Thieves break in and steal. I, I saw a, uh, another video. I'm just having these little things pop up in my mind uh, where uh, the, 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 I believe it was the man that owned the Titanic. The one, you know, that hit the iceberg. The man that owned the Titanic, uh, he built an incredible house. And the house still stands. I believe it is in 
Pennsylvania, I forget which state is it in, but, but the, 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 the amount of money, I mean, it looks like a, 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 a White House times two. It's a beautiful piece of architectural uh, uh, beauty and expense. And when it was new, uh, it was said it was packed with all kinds of gilded uh, gold frames and, and, and priceless art and, 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 and all kinds of things that would just blow your mind. But, but almost a hundred years removed, it is just falling in. And, and, and it was said that it would take $50 million to restore that mansion to its original glory. Somebody say restoration. This morning, I read to you uh, probably one of the most loved chapters of Psalms, and maybe in all the Bible, it is something that you hear recited at special occasions, and maybe every funeral that I've ever been to, someone read Psalms 23. But, but I, I was meditating on this restoration of the soul. I, I felt like it was... Uh, prompted in my mind this morning when I awoke and I began to pull the strings together of things I felt like the Lord has said to me through this week and the impressions I've had. And, and as is my normal uh, process, I was sitting there this morning and I just began to think about this, this Psalms 23 and that the fact that the Lord truly does want to restore our soul. And, and when I began to meditate upon this chapter, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I read that and I can almost see it as if it were David in the field playing his harp, singing a praise unto God. You, O oh God, are my Lord. And you, O oh God, are my shepherd. You, you make me to lie down in beautiful places. You bring me by peaceful places. You restore my soul. You lead me, Lord. You lead me, Lord. And even in the valley of the shadow of death, I have nothing to fear. Thou art with me. It's a it's, it's a conversation between the, uh, a saint and our Savior, between a, 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 a lamb and his shepherd. And, and I think that's a wonderful thing. And I know that I have done it in my own prayer. I've prayed this prayer countless times in my own personal devotion. I have prayed it silently. I have prayed it in a low tone. And there have been times I've even prayed it like I'm preaching right now. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. That's the first audience. The second audience is, I'm, I'll come back to the second audience. The third audience that I think that this psalm can be read is the audience of our enemy. He says it here, speaking of the Lord, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
You find throughout the Psalms, in fact, throughout the Scripture, that there is a conflict between the saint and the evil, the righteous and the wicked, those pursuing goodness and those who are resisting it. It's all throughout the Bible. You see it in Cain and Abel. Abel offering a, a sacrifice acceptable got to God. And Cain ag- angry because he was unwilling to offer the same sacrifice. And Cain lifted up his hand and he slew Abel. And you see this. The storyline weave throughout the scripture that, that we have, there's conflict. When you're trying to do right, don't expect a, a medal. When you're trying to live for God, don't expect somebody to pat you on the back. If you can only live for God when, when people are, are, are giving you applause, you're not going to make it. A lot of living for God, I think, is a challenge for people that begin to live for God. Is, 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 is a lot of the pressure. The more you live for God, there's a lot of pressure that will go. When, uh, what Jesus said, He that heareth these sayings of mine and, and doeth them is like a, a wise man who built his house on a rock. The storm comes and beats on the house, but the house stands. And, and, and a lot of times people come to the Lord and there is this relief. You know, the Satan, the demons are cast out. Uh, the, the, the addictions and the drugs and the pressure is driven away. And, and there is a season where there's peace. Somebody know what I'm talking about? You remember when Jesus set you free and you felt that, that peace in your life? But Monday comes. Tuesday comes. And, and I've said this. I'm going to say it again because all of you haven't heard it. If you want to know how to have peace in your life after God's blessed you on Sunday, you've got to begin to live your life on the principles in which Jesus taught. When G, you want to know how to do that, just, just start reading multiple times over and over again. Uh, Matthew 5 through uh, chapter 7. These are difficult principles, but you will never be able to find a life where there is stability and there is blessing and there is a sense of growing in virtue with God and and building up equity in your walk with God unless you learn how to live by the teachings of Jesus. When someone curses you, you bless them. When someone strikes you, you you let them strike you again. They take you to court, you let them have your coat too. Until you learn how to live by the principles Jesus taught, it's always going to be a roller coaster. You're going to go all the way down in the hole and then God's going to bring you up out of the hole and then you're going to go all the way down the hole and then God bring you out of the hole but, but you got to learn the only way you're ever going to find a, 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 a flat place a, a, a level place it's, it's going to be found when you begin to try to try to begin to integrate into your thinking integrate into your thoughts integrate into your soul that which will help you deal with the enemy of your soul Deal with the doubt. Deal with the negativity. Deal with wicked people. There are wicked people. And, and, and now there's more of them today. There's pressure, I think, almost unprecedented, at least in our time. America, at one time, most everyone had Scripture in the, the DNA of their thoughts. There's so many common sayings that their roots are in the Scripture. Amen. People, people will say things they don't even know that's in the Bible. It's just in the lingo. It's in the, 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 the language. But we are reaching a point that, that more and more people are absent of an understanding of what, what God is, what truth is, what, what the Bible is. And so this, this third audience 
I, I just imagine, you know, the, the old big bad wolf is banging on your door. Little pig, little pig, let me in. <laughs> little lamb, little lamb, let me in. And from inside the door, you have to be able to learn how to, how to deal with the devil that's banging on your door. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. So I serve notice on the enemy. God even makes a table before me when the devil's banging on my door. We got to learn how to uh, quote the word of God, declare the promises of God, and declare your position with God. When the devil is knocking on your door, don't go have a conversation. Just preach him a sermon because he He's going to go away because the devil doesn't like the word of God. The devil doesn't like it when you pray. And I'm telling you, you want to get the devil to get, to get on out of here? The Bible says resist the devil. What's it say? Resist the devil. Somebody say resist the devil. And he will flee. Quit entertaining the devil. Quit having a conversation with the devil. Amen. Just quote the scripture and pray the word and walk in the spirit until he gets tired of... The Bible says resist the devil. And he, sometimes we, we think we need to have tea and crumpets with the devil. We need to eat uh, Oreos and milk with the devil. Don't, don't be, once you figure out it's the devil, say, devil, in the name of Jesus, get on out of here. I know sometimes we're a little slow. I know sometimes uh, in my own life I have, I've been moving along, be bopping around, doing whatever it is I need to do, driving down the road, and I'll have these thoughts, you know. You know, you're not really thinking about what you're thinking about, but you're thinking, and you don't know what you're thinking, and all of a sudden you're like this, you like wake up like, oh my Lord, what is that thought? And you realize, hey, hey, that ain't me. In the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you. You take your thoughts and get out of here. And you know what? He will. As soon as you realize that it's the enemy trying to, to make war in your mind and you, you address it, when you resist the devil, do you know what he does? He flees. He flees. And if you have to, you just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you. And you do that enough, he, he's going to get tired of getting beat up. Somebody said amen. amen. And, and so the first, the first audience that, that I see Psalms 23 is to the Lord. And, and the, the third audience is, is the audience of, of dealing with the enemy. Understanding one of the greatest tools that I have in my arsenal against the enemy is the sword of the Spirit. It is the Word of God. It is an offensive weapon that no doubt I can carry in my hand, but most importantly I can hide it in my heart and I can put it in my mouth and I can say in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord is my my shepherd. Amen. The fourth audience. I believe it is a witness. Amen. Brother, brother uh, 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 B.J. Tatum and I can have a conversation. and uh, maybe, he, maybe I'm going through a difficult time. and may, Maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm having to make some hard decisions. And, and maybe I'm being stressed. Brother B.J. Tatum can look at me and say, Hey, buddy, the Lord is my shepherd. And the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. The Lord's going to bring you through this. 
He's brought me through this. And it's, it's whenever we, we begin to apply the Word of God and we can say, look at what Jesus has done for me. And we turn around and take the Word that's been true for us and we take that same Word and say, His Word can be true to you. It is that, 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 that audience of those that need a witness. It is that audience of those that need to be encouraged. Amen. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to fear evil because God is with you. He's going to keep you. He's kept you this far. He's not going to desert you as long as there's breath in your body and you've got enough wit about you. You can say in the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Amen. Somebody say the restoration of the soul. Amen. Amen. The second audience. I'm going to go back to the second audience. I, I, I did them out of order because I, I want to spend more time here. I wanted to deal with them. But I really believe that probably the person we have most conversation with. I talked to my wife. We have good communication. Uh, probably could have better communication if I wouldn't, you know, would step out of my box a little more. Amen. I have headphones on at my house. I don't know how many of you have headphones on when you're at home anymore. Uh, we all have our own little windows and blocks and boxes we're in. We'd be in the room and, and we're all hearing something different. I'm, I'm sure we're the only house that does that, right? We have good communication. I think I have pretty good communication with my sons. Uh, you know, uh, they probably think we have too much communication because I, I have a gift of asking questions. Innocent questions, but, but questions nonetheless. I think I have a good communication with my, my mother and my father. And uh, I, I could go down the list. But the person that we all talk to, it doesn't matter how quiet you may be, there's one person that you're talking to, and that is yourself. You do talk to yourself. How many of you, you may you may try not to talk out loud. How many of you talk how many ever talk to yourself out loud? Yeah. I heard my wife say, huh? Yeah. That's right. That's right. My wife mentioned that when now that, that we wear face masks, she said, I, I, I almost a, I ask my questions out loud now when I'm at the grocery store. <laughs> but, but we do. We have an ongoing dialogue with ourselves. I mean, I have actually said to myself before, self, you need to straighten up. Uh, I, I need to cut the grass today. <laughs> My wife would like me to say, I need to pick up sticks today. <laughs> the sticks are everywhere. But we, we have a conversation with ourselves. And, and, and we have to learn how to talk within ourselves properly. Because there are so many dialogues of negativity and pessimism and, 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 and doubt and discouragement and, and, and what's the word? Uh, self-hatred and, and, and condemnation. And, 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 and we, we can talk ourselves out of a miracle. We can talk ourselves out of a blessing. We can talk ourselves out of opportunity. Oh, well, they won't, they won't love me anyway. They, I can't do this anyway. And, and we, we can get caught 
caught up in a cycle of, uh, of negativity where, where it's not the devil that did it, it's not our daddy that did it, it's not our friend that did it, what, it wasn't anybody else. But we within ourselves have allowed ourselves to take ourselves into a place of negativity. And what I'm saying to you is, is the greatest person that you can ever begin to talk to and quote to and encourage is that person inside yourself. And you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, the Lord is your shepherd. I, I shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Amen. I, I, you just need to pick up, pick up your phone and turn on your camera. See if I can find it. Here we go. And, and you just need to preach to yourself a little bit. Amen. Self, he ain't never failed you. He never lets you down. The Lord really is your shepherd. You really don't have to worry. Hey, buddy, he is restoring your soul. Oh, thank God the pastor can preach to me. Oh, thank God my mother can encourage me. Oh, thank God my kids can tell me I'm not all bad. But let me tell you something. He's never failed me. He's never going to fail me. He brought me through last time and he's going to bring me through again. Amen. Sometimes we just need to... What's the Bible say? Encourage yourself in the Lord. I thank God for preachers and teachers and saints and elders and deacons and and all the people of God. But I'm telling you, the most powerful person that that will affect your faith and affect your righteousness and affect your end result is it's you. You're the best preacher you're ever going to hear. It's it's that person inside of you that's going to encourage you to say, yes, yes, I'm tired, yes, I'm weary, but I will arise. Oh, I know you got to tell the devil, rejoice not against me. Oh, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. But before you never tell the devil that, you got to tell yourself, get up. I will arise. I will pray. I will wash my face and I will get up and go face this day because the Lord is my shepherd. I know life is hard. Amen. I know there's difficulties. I know there are times when the vehicle breaks down. I know there are times when when family and, and, and children and all kinds of stuff begins to wage war on our mind. But listen to me today. Amen. God wants to restore your soul. As I watched this video the other day, they began to try to determine different things. They had, they had wire brushes, and they were scraping all the crud, the, the grime, stuff, the rust. They were scraping it all down. I don't know if y'all have seen these, again, videos. <laughs> I watch too much YouTube, maybe. Or I think about YouTube videos when I'm preaching. Where they'll take something broken old, and they'll restore it like new. Like gears, and, and, and uh, pumps, and... Uh, all kinds of, you know, just like industrial age things, and they will shine it up and it looks brand new. It's amazing. But the effort that it takes, people watch these. I mean, there's millions of views on these videos, people watching them restoring something from, from, a, from a bygone day. And, and, and I, it, if you want to experience the best God has for you, you're going to have to take as much effort and concern for your own benefit. 
Because no one else is going to be able to do for you what only you can do for yourself. My wife has a song that she plays every once in a while called The Secret Place. And she, it's the, the song basically is that, that, that there are secret places that you have to open up and allow the Lord to help you clean out. And there are some hurts, there are some pains, there are some betrayals, there, there are some disappointments, there are some failures. Uh, I mean, how many things can I mention? All that stuff that makes life so hard. We, we can pile this stuff up and stick it in our closet, shut the door and try not to think about it. But what I'm saying to you is the Lord can restore your soul. The Lord can restore your faith. The Lord can restore your hope. The Lord can restore your sense of of confidence in people. I, I I know from personal experience that sometimes we can become so disappointed with efforts that we may make to help people. And, and, and you do all sorts of things to try to reach people. And, and our flesh would say, well, I don't even know why I try. They're just going to have to find it on their own. And there's truth to that. But, but we have to not allow our, 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 our sense of, of jaded disappointment reach to a point that we can never see what God may see in someone. There are people that we meet and maybe we've known a long time and it reaches a point it seems to be impossible to believe that that, that there could ever be any change in their life. But I'm telling you, we have to never allow our disappointments and the failures of other people to cause us to quit believing in the power of the gospel. Jesus Christ shed his blood for the sins of the whole world and as long as there is breath in the body there is hope for the soul and God has not went out of of the restoration business God is still restoring souls God is still bringing prodigals, letting prodigals come back into the Father's house and I want you to know today the greatest thing I can do to be a witness to other people is to witness to myself to keep on believing to keep on praying. Amen. I, I, I think I'm going to try to quit here in a minute. Amen. I guess the good thing about not having Sunday school, and I've been thinking about it, I'm about ready to get back to Sunday school. It's 1030. It's 1130, I'm sorry. But normally, uh, I'd just be now getting up in the pulpit to preach. <laughs> right? <laughs> Everybody said, oh, goodness. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Let's pray right here in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I know that you restore my soul. I know that you restore my soul. But, Lord God, I pray. God, you see things I don't see. Lord God, you know me better than I know myself. But Lord Jesus, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. 
and a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of my heart. Lord God, I am naked before you. There is nothing that I have and I am that you don't know. And Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would help me today. That you would help me today. Next two. It's one of my favorite settings of scriptures. I, I, I can quote almost the whole chapter. I probably preach every sermon has at least one scripture from Acts 2. Because I love it. It's, it's the birth of the church. But in Acts 2, the Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. That's like how I like it, where we are right now. But the scripture in verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now, I, I, I want to make this point that suddenly wasn't really suddenly. They had been in that room for days. Jesus had told them, I believe, seven days previous, go to Jerusalem and tarry until. And so for a week... They had been praying for whatever Jesus was going to do. They didn't know what it was going to be. They just had an idea. God's going to bless us. The Holy Spirit's going to come. It's going to be great because Jesus said it was great. But they had gotten up in the morning on the first day. And they prayed. They prayed. They read the word. They prayed. And whenever they finally went to sleep, they went to sleep and nothing had happened. Except they prayed, and that's, that's something. But not what they were praying for. The second day, they got up and they prayed. Maybe they had lunch, and then they read the Word, and they prayed, and they're waiting. They're tearing. Jesus said, first to wait, so we're, we're waiting. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. And they woke up, and it was like every other day previous. But you know what? They kept doing what they knew to do. And when you keep doing what you know to do, a suddenly will happen. A verse 2 will come when we will be sure that verse 1 is happening. Amen. Here I am again on this Sunday, the 11th of October in 2020, and I'm preaching, and we're praying, and we're worshiping. And let's say I get to the end of this message, and we walk out the door, and we just did what we're supposed to do, and maybe nothing happens. That's all right. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep worshiping. And we're going to keep believing because there is a suddenly coming for this church. There's a suddenly coming for this world. And if you'll just keep doing what you know to do, keep praying like you know to pray, keep preaching the word like you know to preach, keep believing the word like you know to believe, and keep, 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 keep doing what God wants you to do. I read this, I heard this. The value of truth is not diminished due to repetition. Say that with me. The value of truth is not diminished due to repetition. Say it again. The value of truth is not diminished due to repetition. Let's say it again. The value of truth is not diminished due to repetition. Boy, that's the truth. And what I'm saying to you, there are things that you have done 
and there are things that you have believed. There are dreams you've been holding on to. There are prayers that you have been praying. And I'm telling you that the power and the truth of that is not diminished because you keep doing it. In fact, I would say there's more power in the truth because you keep standing on it, because you keep quoting it, because you keep living it. Amen. I'm glad today, amen, that I have found that though I may still be a work in progress, He is still restoring my soul. I may not be all that I want to be, but I know that tomorrow is going to be a brand new opportunity for God to keep working on me. I'm going to take another step. I'm going to pray another prayer. I'm going to share a word of witness another day. And one day... It will be for me and you like it was in them, for them in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is every Sunday at Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty Let's stand together. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all, and they were all, amen, say it. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. You know, sometimes you got to be present to receive His presence. And I'm telling you today that God is preparing us suddenly for Brother Ryan Williams. Amen. I want you to say, God is preparing us suddenly. And say your name. God is preparing us suddenly for Scott Phillips. Say it again. God is preparing us suddenly for Scott Phillips. How many of you believe that? Amen. I, I believe that it's possible at this season, in the last moments of this service, that the beginning of something special could begin in, in our life. The Lord is our shepherd. <laughs> we shall not want. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth us beside the still waters. He restoreth our souls. Can we just raise our hands in obedience and submission in desire and hunger? Lord Jesus, today you are my shepherd. Lord God, you've brought me and you've preserved me and you've helped me through the hard times in life. In days I couldn't lift my head up. In days I didn't want to look outside. In days I didn't want to walk out my door. But yet here today I stand in the house of the Lord, in the presence of God. And Lord Jesus, I confess again, Lord, you're still my shepherd. Lord, you're still leading me. You're still protecting me. You're still feeding me. You're still helping me, oh God.
And in the name of Jesus, I pray for the blessing of your spirit, for the moving of your hand, for the healing of broken hearts, for the healing of doubts, Lord. God, for the healings of faith, oh God. I pray for the healing of body and mind and soul and spirit. I pray for the restoration of the soul. I pray for the restoration of souls today. Let it begin with me, but don't let it stop with me. Lord, I thank you. You are restoring my soul. You're restoring my soul. You're restoring my soul. Bit by bit, dust by dust, rust by rust. God, you're you're restoring my soul. Lord, you're restoring my soul. You're restoring my soul. I thank you for your hand that's pressing on me. Your spirit that's working in me. You, you are still restoring my soul.